Manifestation, the Secret Power of the Subconscious. Welcome to the Anahata Singularity. Once people learn that they actually have direct control over what type of reality they create, they often run into problems pretty quickly. This is because they often don't have a solid understanding of the mechanism behind manifestation. Today's subject is about getting what you want, and I'll go over other various reasons as to why you might not be getting what you want in future episodes, but today we're going to focus on a specific way the mind works we're going to be taking a closer look at the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is intangible and difficult to describe. However, you can know it by observing your own behavior and thought patterns and running that against how your life is currently playing out. The first thing I want to say is that if you really want to know how to get what you want, find a family member or a friend that grew up as an only child. Chances are, Every only child you know always seems to get what they want. The reason for this is that because they may have gotten everything that they wanted as a child, they have something missing from their thought pattern that you probably aren't missing, and that would be doubt. They've spent years getting their way, and after so many years of a reaffirming belief, why would they ever have a moment of doubt? Now, I know what you're thinking. Every only child I've ever known has been a spoiled brat, and I really can't see me acting like that. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that people should become selfish and self-centered individuals. What I'm saying is that the secret is the lack of doubt, the inability to conceive of such a thing as failure, and drive, ridiculous drive. And drive, just so you know, is just another word for will. Once you chip away at all the distracting antics of an only child, that's what you're left with. And just so you know, I'm an only child, so take it from me. I always get what I want. Always. My parents were kind of unique creatures. They, they really only knew how to express love by buying things, and they would wheel and deal with me to get their way, and they reacted with violence when they were unable to bend my will. So I learned some pretty interesting and unique approaches to life from those experiences. One of the most important was developing an almost magical ability to get what I want. My childhood experiences both hardened my will, which is integral to manifestation, and the other was developing a mindset where doubt is a foreign and almost appalling concept to me. If you've been listening to my podcast, then you know I love to tell stories from my own life that relate to the subjects that I deal with. So here's a recent one. Several years ago, my family went through a sequence of catastrophic events, which, among other things, left us broke and about to be homeless. I'm pretty sure that everyone around us believed that we were definitely screwed. Well, I started working on building my credit score, starting with secured credit cards to build revolving credit, and taking out a secured loan to establish installment credit, and scratching and saving every extra penny. And I was finally approved for a loan. Now, I decided to not utilize the entire amount that I was approved for because I didn't want to get it over my head. So I decided that our budget was going to only be $100,000. I wanted to keep our payments down. 
So I was looking for a house that would comfortably house a family of five with just a hundred grand. It's crazy, huh? So the first realtor that we had treated us like trash, in my opinion. She sent us only houses that were absolutely horrible and way too small for expectations and for the size of our family. I rejected them all, and the two of us got pretty frustrated with one another. And so she brought my wife and I in for a meeting with her and the loan officer so that they could uh, talk some sense into us, I guess. So halfway through the meeting, she gets angry and says, how about this? You tell me what you want. What exactly are your expectations here? So I said, I want at least a quarter to a half acre of property. I want a house that's at least 1,500 square feet. I want at least three bedrooms, two baths, and I want it for 100000 or less. So she throws herself back in a chair, folds her arms, and starts raising her voice. You can't get that. You're asking for the impossible. And before she really had a chance to start running me shit, I smacked my hand down on the table and came back at her with, you don't understand. I'm an only child. I absolutely cannot grasp the concept of not getting what I want. I don't understand what that means. Do you understand that? So I fired her on the spot and walked out. So on the way out, my my wife chuckles and says, my God, did you see her face when you dropped that only child lecture on her? And how did the story end? I found a beautiful home that was only 20 years old on a quarter acre piece of property, near perfect condition for its age and the time it spent vacant, 2,000 square feet, an attached garage, four bedrooms, three baths, a living room and a den, large kitchen, plus an extra room that could be used as an office or a fifth bedroom. How much? $100,000 even. And we had exactly to the penny what we needed for a down payment at closing. That is a mixture of a continuous affirmation that I always get what I want and the unwavering determination and drive to get that, in spite of the evidence. Many other people probably would have dropped out and started begging or bitching about how much of a victim they are. If you want something, never take your eye off of it and never, never stop, ever. The strangest thing to me is how most spiritual people I know are poor. Most of them don't have two nickels to rub together. And I think that's partly due to the fact that spirituality by its nature deals with energies beyond the mundane. And there is always that nagging Bible verse. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, aside from its dual meaning, this verse is indicating that a person who focuses on this material realm alone is not likely to receive much spiritual knowledge at all. However, that does not mean that to be spiritual, you have to give up on your worldly possessions or stop hoping for any. In fact, quite the opposite is true. The universe wants you to have whatever it is that you want and doesn't distinguish as to whether it's spiritual knowledge you seek or material gain. It simply doesn't care. The irony here is that of all the spiritual revelations that spiritual people have, most either ignore this discovery or never discover it at all. So what is this discovery? To find out, let's move on to the mechanism of the subconscious mind. One of the ways the universe determines what you get is by whatever is on your mind the most. 
It'll never feel bad for you and give you what you want because you were so sad and it thought it might cut you a break. It gives you what is on your mind the most. So let's do some role playing here. You, the listener, are the universe. And I'm someone who has my affirmations all ready to manifest a brand new car for myself. All right, you ready? All right, so I sit down in the morning. I have a little lemon zest tea and ring my singing bowl before I'm going out the door to go to work. And here's my morning thoughts. I have a brand new car in this moment. I manifest a brand new car into my life. I thank the universe for providing this brand new car. Oh shit, I'm probably going to be late for work now. Damn it. Oh great, this piece of shit car gives me a hard time on every day that I'm already running late. Come on, start damn it. Great, I just noticed that the kids forgot to put the trash can down by the curb again. Well that's going to cost me more money. Just like the last times, I ended up having to take the trash to the dump myself. No time to turn around now, though. God, I hope I didn't leave anything laying in the floor. That's all I need is for the dog to eat something else stupid and have to be rushed to the vet again. Last time, that shit cost me a grand to remove a half-eaten vacuum cleaner cord from his stomach and then go buy another vacuum. Every time I'm short on money, that kind of thing happens. Every time. The kids had to have that stupid dog. I knew that was going to be a money drain, and i never get any help. Okay, the guy on the internet said I should focus on my affirmations. I have a brand new car in this moment. I manifest a brand new car into my life right now. Damn it! Why is that every time I'm late, someone gets in front of me and goes half the speed limit? One of these times, I'm going to be late, and I'm going to get fired. Oh, great. That's just great. A voicemail from my ex-wife. I'm sure that's going to cost me. Bitch. Spiteful bitch. Well, there you go. Five minutes late now. Great. That's just great. Okay. Brace yourself for that obnoxious piece of shit that goes straight up in your ass when you walk in the door. God, I hate her. Okay. Well, that's nice. I spilled coffee on my new shirt. That's not coming out. More money down the drain. Okay, universe. I really want a brand new car. So what's it going to be? Remember, you can only give me what's on my mind the most. Yeah, observe your thoughts and behaviors to determine why you might not be getting what you want. The subconscious is like a little tape recorder. It's not long or detailed, just a short reel that runs over and over again. It's a program of what is normal or usual for you. What I mean by that is what expectations you have out of life based on repeated incidents with a similar theme. You may even be unaware of what your expectations really are or that this thing is running at all in the background, but it is. And its function is to seek out and find every path that leads to new opportunities for you to relive that experience over and over again. It's able to do this because where the subconscious exists, there is no space and time. Space and time, just so you know, are a construct of the conscious mind. The subconscious is beyond all that and exists outside of it. And it works like this. A little girl wants a new pearl pink Barbie bicycle for Christmas. She manages to go to sleep on Christmas Eve in spite of her excitement. And when she wakes up Christmas Day, she runs down the stairs slides around the corner in her socks, 
until she's in full view of the Christmas tree. Is there a brand new bike sitting beside the tree with a big bow on it? Nope. What she sees instead is the tree on its side and her drunk stepfather standing over her sobbing mother with a bottle of whiskey in his hand. Her Christmas present is the sight of her mother's bruised face. Now, after years of incidents like this, she eventually grows up into a woman and swears she'll never be like her mother. She'll never marry a man like that. So she sets out to find a husband. She finds herself at the local bar a lot and finds what seems like a nice guy. It really doesn't take long before he's drinking at home, too, and he starts slapping her around. So she leaves pretty quickly and starts looking for another man. All she wants is to be happy and find someone who loves her. She really thinks about what might have drawn her to the first guy and figures looking in a bar for a man unlike her stepfather probably wasn't the smartest move. So she comes up with a foolproof plan. She decides to go to the local church. Church is full of good men, right? Well, she lands the nicest man in the whole world. Everyone loves him. He's never drank a drop in his life and hasn't ever even been in a fist fight. He's consistently good to her for a year, so she decides she'll marry him. Then his mother dies unexpectedly. Then he loses his job and is having trouble finding employment. He even gets denied unemployment for the crappy way his job decided to get rid of him. One thing after another, until he can't stand the pressure anymore, and starts drinking heavily, and the beatings start. This cycle continues for the rest of her life. This quote-unquote accidental reoccurrence of similar events within a person's life is almost certainly due to the never-ending repeating program of the subconscious. It might seem like a far-out concept, but how the subconscious works is once it has a program to run, it sends out leaders like lightning or the branches of a tree which are paths that lead to all of the next opportunities for you to be presented with the goal of that program. Like I alluded to earlier, whatever is repeated is picked up by the subconscious and determined to be what is normal or usual for you, i.e. what your underlying expectations are from life. I chose an extreme case to make a point. However, it doesn't have to be so extreme. You may have had doubters for parents, for instance, you know, the type safe players, nine to fivers. And without realizing it, you may have endured years of listening to your parents' negativity towards venturing out to new things. They complained about your uncle, who's always trying to start his own business. And their claims are validated because your uncle did have a lot of failed businesses under his belt. When you wanted to join the local karate school, your parents were quick to say, I don't know, honey. Remember how the t-ball thing went? You, you never stick to anything. So later in life, you decide to become an entrepreneur. But you can't ever seem to hit the mark. You keep making what you believe are bad decisions. You give up way too early and can't figure out why. You have a program running in your subconscious that's likely the culprit here. So how do we fix this? Well, the easy answer is that the subconscious can be overwritten with new information. One way this is done is through affirmations. Be nice to yourself. Tell you that you believe in you and feel it when you say it. Be patient with yourself. Tell yourself all of the things that you were never told before in your life. In extreme cases where past trauma may be involved, 
it would probably be a good idea to seek a professional to help with this. Someone who really understands how the mind works, a, a really reputable psychologist or psychoanalyst. And this mental health expert would have to aid in overwriting the program running in the subconscious. And these are probably techniques beyond the skill level of an ordinary counselor. For everyone else, though, that may be dealing with seeds of doubt that have been lingering in there for a long time, etc., the subconscious is not all that difficult to reprogram. Something else about the subconscious that is important to note here is that the only way for the subconscious to get any information at all is through the senses. That means that the subconscious has no concept of real or lies versus truths. It's just information. Most people spend their life being at the mercy of their subconscious, but in truth, the subconscious really is at your mercy. It only knows what it knows based on the information that is given to it. So the most popular question here that arises when a person is presented with this information is, so you're saying that I should lie to myself? Because I, I don't know, because I know a lot of delusional people who lie to themselves all the time and their life sucks. My question is, how do you know whether they actually believe what they're saying? Huh? I'd say they don't. They put on a show when they're around people and brag on their own conquests, but in secret, they're constantly reaffirming something quite different. They're likely full of doubt and frustration and experience those things with emotion. That's what the subconscious understands. And as far as calling it lying to yourself, that's not really the case here. How many successful people have you heard of that wrote themselves a million-dollar check when they were absolutely broke? That's an affirmation that they believed in. The placebo effect, that's an affirmation that the person believed in. In spite of what your bank account says currently, if you want a new car, go visit a car lot and look at new cars. If it's a house that you want, go look at houses. Not looking at these things because you can't currently afford them is a negative affirmation. It implies lack. Affirmations aren't just things you tell yourself. They're emotions. They're physical actions. A strong structure of affirmations is one that involves the most senses for the majority of the time. And you have to put in the physical work here too. And no excuses. None. Never say I can't. Ever. This is why prayer in the traditional sense of the word really doesn't work all that great. Saying something to the effect of, Dear God, I can't pay my bills. Please send me the money I need to pay them. Implies lack. Your subconscious hears this and affirms this to be true. When prayers do come true, the placebo effect may be at play here. However, the overall message to the subconscious is one of resistance. You follow me? You may have just found out something about yourself that you didn't know before. Know thyself. And the term know thyself has more than one meaning. Know thyself just doesn't mean know more about yourself. It also means know for yourself, i.e. know something to be true for your own self. You may remember in previous episodes I talked about the difference between belief, faith, and knowing. In this episode I used the term belief, but what I'm really saying here is knowing. So in conclusion, so many spiritual people are poor because they believe that's the way it's supposed to be. 
In fact, they probably know this to be true. They know that the universe always provides them with just what they need to get by. And that's exactly what happens. All right, guys, that's it for today. I think that's uh, quite a bit of information for you to sit and ponder and meditate on. My hope is that the information I provide here helps you to blossom in every way possible. See you guys in the next one.